Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Hi, friends. How are you doing today? Are you having a good day? I sure hope so. My name is Bailey Sarian, and today is Monday, which means it's murder mystery and makeup. Hi. If you're interested in true crime and you like makeup, I would highly suggest you hit that subscribe button because... I'm out of breath. Let's talk about this young man. I'm just kidding. He's not young. He's old. Robert Mormon. Not the religion. Just last name. Mormon. Yeah. Okay, let's get into it. So Robert Mormon, he was born June 4th, 1948. There's really not much said about like his upbringing, but the things that we do know for sure is that as soon as Robert was born, his dad like just up and left, poof, gone, vanished. He was a magician, I guess. And with Robert's mommy, she very young. She was 15 years old, I guess, when she got pregnant. She was working as a sex worker and not ideal. It was said that at 15, Robert's mom, she was a raging, it said raging alcoholic at 15. So uh, from the very like beginning, things for Robert, it's, it's a little rough to say the least. So things are not too great for Robert. I think that's safe to say. And his mother... She's not really, she doesn't want to be a mom. She's 15. She's drinking a lot. There's no actual like proof of this, but it was mentioned many times that people were pretty sure his mother drank heavily during her entire pregnancy, which if that's true, not great. You know, not ideal to be doing that. Mm -mm. So the decks were pretty much all stacked against him. I think that's... Safe to say. Now get this because it's like, okay, things are already pretty crappy, but then they get crappier. When Robert was two years old, his mom, she was involved in like a horrible car accident. And I guess like not to get graphic, but she broke her neck and then she died. I know she was only 17. So this isn't going to be good, right? This is the combination of something real bad. And that's why we're here because after his mom's death, Robert was basically a an orphan. I mean, yeah, he was. Robert went to go live with his maternal grandparents, but that didn't even last long because, surprise, surprise, I don't know if it's a surprise or not, but his grandfather was also a raging alcoholic. So it's just kind of like one bad situation to another to another. So it wasn't long after until the authorities came in and removed Robert from like the situation from his grandparents' home. And they ended up placing him into the foster care system. And the poor boy, he bounced around to like six different foster homes. And then he was officially adopted by a couple in Arizona, and their name was Henry and Roberta Mormon. This is also a side note, because it's like speculation or whatever, but I don't think Robert was this guy's name, <laughs> like his real name, because his, his full legal name 
now that he was adopted, was Robert Henry Mormon. So he was adopted by Henry and Roberta Mormon. And then his full legal adopted name was Robert Henry Mormon. Yeah. So it sounds like a combination of the parents' name, right? I mean, it doesn't even sound like it kind of kind of is. <laughs> I feel like it's not like a puppy, right? You can't just like change someone's name. I mean, you can. I'm sorry, you can. Maybe his name was really stupid or something. I'm not sure. But they changed his name. Mind you, uh, when Robert is adopted, he's like two or three years old at this point. So I think he knew his name, but it's okay. They changed it. So this is your new name now, sweetie. It was said that the couple, Henry and Roberta, Roberta, like really, she really wanted a kid. Henry says that he was a little weirded out by adopting. He didn't really want to do it, but Roberta was wouldn't let, let up because it's always the woman's fault, you know? So Henry was like, when everything happened, he was like, I said I didn't even want the baby. <laughs> Just typical. Not typical, but am I surprised? No. Anyways, so Henry was a little weird about adopting Robert, but Roberta convinced him and they went ahead with it. Okay, so they renamed the kid. Not bad, whatever. We're not judging, kind of. But other than that, Henry and Roberta, they were like very well-respected, active members in their community. And they were living in Flagstaff, Arizona. And Henry, he ran a taxi service. And Roberta, she had like lots of friends. She was very social. And many would say that she was the perfect like 1950s housewife. And the family kind of tried to paint this traditional all-American little family. And now that they have this little boy, you know, America and like 50s tradition, yay. And the Mormons in general in their neighborhood, I mean, they were very popular, well-liked. People weren't quite feeling this new kid though. Henry and Roberta, they're like, we love them. Wow, oh my God, they're so amazing. This new kid, Robert, people were like, something's a little off with him. Like he just was a little weirdo. And I'm not saying that, I'm not saying that. <laughs> they're literally like people in the neighborhood would call him a weird kid a weirdo they just thought he was weird that's the only word people knew when referring to little robert i mean again this is the 50s obviously if you're different in any way shape or form it just doesn't go well for you life is gonna be a little rough with linkedin jobs we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply. Like I said, Robert's brain was probably really maybe a little off in the beginning because he potentially maybe, we don't know, allegedly had fetal alcohol syndrome, also traumatically losing his mother at a young age, who also probably didn't even like have the capacity to meet his needs in the first place. And then jumping from a bunch of different foster homes to his alcoholic grandfather. I mean, we don't need to even say anymore, right? The Mormon family they didn't have other kids, but you know, they had family members, aunts, uncles, cousins, all that stuff. They would all, I guess, talk shit about Robert. Like no one really liked this guy. But here's the weird part. When I was kind of looking up like why they didn't like him, 
I'm laughing because it was always like he was weird. He, no one liked him. He seemed weird. I'm like, oh, okay. Robert in school did struggle. He had severe learning disabilities and he was also placed in special ed classes. So again, this theme of things not being that great, kind of just consistent throughout his life. And um, <laughs> yeah, I'm laughing because I keep saying the same shit. Like, it's just not going great for him. It's just sad. Like, things were just really tough for Robert growing up. And, like, basically, he only had his adopted mother, like, on his side or in his corner. One of his relatives said that Robert was almost like a, quote, throwaway child, end quote. Yeah. And never received the same amount of love as any of the other, like, children his age. So it's like, okay, thanks. But... His mother, his adopted mother, was always there for him. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Well, bad thing. Why are we here right now, Bailey? I know. But even his relationship with his mom, you know, it just not going to last forever, this good relationship. When Robert was 13 years old, he was committed to a state mental hospital after he, quote, unquote, accidentally tried to shoot Roberta with his rifle. It happens. He was like, yeah, accidentally, just accidentally shot her. And, uh... Roberta, she was all right. She wasn't hit or anything, but the bullet definitely like grazed her, came by very, very, very close, very close. And Robert claimed that he was just showing his mother the gun and it accidentally went kabam, kabooey, and went off. That's what he said. Because of this little oopsie daisy, I accidentally shot my adopted mother, Robert landed himself in the mental hospital. Now, I couldn't find out how long he was there for, but I guess long enough that they made a note of it. So that's pretty much all the information there is, like, about his upbringing and stuff, that it was bad. All of it was bad. That's what it said. I mean, both intellectually, emotionally. Robert was said to be, like, pretty, just pretty behind as a human. Now, it was said that Robert really couldn't live on his own. Well, it's not that he couldn't. I think from my understanding, he could live on his own, but it wasn't ideal. Like he wouldn't take care of himself and whatnot. So he would live with his parents. And then eventually it was like him and his mom, Roberta, they became very dependent on each other. And it was even said that when Henry died in 1967, Robert and Roberta became like attached at the hip, super creepy, you know, where it's like, the older mother is like clinging on to her child for comfort and control. Something. It was like that. Some mommy dearest vibes. Robert did take a little initiative in 1972 when he ended up abducting one of the, the neighbor kids. Ah, yep, here we go. Buckle in. When Robert was 24 years old, he ended up kidnapping one of the girls in the neighborhood who she was like eight years old. Little girl lives in the neighborhood, not great. He then took her, this eight-year-old, to Vegas, allegedly assaulted, sexually assaulted her multiple times on the way. And some later would say that Robert, his original target was the girl's mother, who he was like having, he was having rape fantasies about her. And he wanted to kidnap her, but I guess she wasn't there. So he's like, nah, get the girl instead, you know? Well, whatever was the reason, no one could prove the mother theory um, and no one really could even prove the sexual assault of the daughter. Uh, so when Robert got caught, because he got caught, he was charged with kidnapping and he ended up receiving a sentence of nine to life, which 
Sounds about right. Robert would spend the next 12 years at prison in Florence, Arizona. His mother, Roberta, still loving him, visiting him often. She would drive like three and a half hours um, on the bus just to get to where Robert was, like the prison he was staying at. She just wanted to support her son. I don't know, lady. I mean, okay. She stood by him no matter what he did. It was it was still her kid. So something interesting that happens, I guess, at some prisons for some kinds of crimes. So this prison, Florence prison, did something called a furlough. Now this is like a, this is a break, a vacation from jail. Yeah, it's like a day pass. You get out of prison. They're like, hey, you could just like go live, have some fun. Just get back here in time for dinner. I don't know about you, but seems a little different. You know, that's different. <laughs> Are they gonna come back? Maybe. So with the furlough, you could get up to three days off of prison. Honestly, great deal. Sounds great, sign me up, you know? And this is exactly what they did for Robert. Now, I don't know who decides who gets furloughed. Like maybe uh, good behavior is what I'm assuming. Like, hey, you've been here, you've been a real good boy. Uh, you go outside and go potty for three days, you know, come back. But they did. So Robert gets 72 hours of furlough. And he's probably like, cool, I'm going to Disneyland. Now, uh, Robert didn't have many friends. I think maybe you can understand. <laughs> so at least not any friends outside of prison. So naturally, like when he's leaving prison, he's not gonna go hang out with his friends. He's going to hang out with his mom, you know, his mommy, Roberta. And yeah, Roberta, she's like, she's on board. So Roberta goes and she picks him up three hour drive. Now, because they only have 72 hours together, Roberta's like, well, I don't wanna waste three of those hours driving all the way back. Let's just get a hotel locally when we could stay there. And you know, it, it kind of makes sense, right? It's not very far from the prison. She doesn't have to do that long drive and they could just hang out in the hotel room, which sounds creepy, right? But okay. So I know a lot of you at home are doing the same exact thing I'm doing right now, which is like, if you're furloughed, like wouldn't you just pick up and leave? Why go back, right? So the happy couple ends up booking a hotel room at the Blue Mist Hotel, and it's like a local motel. What's the difference between hotel and motel? I always forget. Anyways, but they, it's close by, okay? They're staying here. They're gonna hang out, they're gonna spend some time together without having the prison glass barrier in between them. Probably hang out at the pool, have a couple brewskis, I don't know. Blue Mist Hotel sounds fancy. The two of them, they, they check in the first day, right? Now they lay, they lay low. Nobody really sees them doing anything. They're not being weird yet. They're just paying customers at this point. However, the next morning, Robert is seen at a store, a local store, and he's buying a buck knife, a steak knife, and some snacks. Now, the weird thing was, the, the snacks didn't need a knife. So it was like, okay. Anyways, nobody sees Roberta though. It's only Robert who's seen buying these items. Then after that, Robert's a little hungry. So he stops at the pizza parlor where allegedly he knew the owner. I don't know how, but he did. This story's weird. <laughs> There's just lots of information that was driving me nuts that I could not find. But Robert stops at the pizza parlor. He knows the owner. He's like, hey, what's up? How's it going? You know, you're working at the pizza parlor. Wow, I love pepperoni. It's so great. So during this conversation, Robert tells the friend or the owner of the pizza parlor, he's like, yeah, my mom, she hasn't been feeling well all morning. So, you know. I gotta like go stop and pick up a few things for her. Just kind of something in passing, right? Keep that in your noggin. After going by the pizza parlor, he goes back to the hotel 
and he goes to the front desk and he tells the same thing to the staff member. He's like, my mom's not feeling well. She's kind of sick. Um, don't send housekeeping because she's sick. Robert, after saying this to the front desk person, he then kind of has this moment where he's like, actually, can I get some disinfecting spray? You know, so the person on the front desk gives him the disinfecting spray. You know, maybe he's a germaphobe. Maybe mom is sick, but okay. So he gets it. Robert, what you up to? We don't know. So that happened. And throughout the three days, the 72 hours that Robert was out, it was said that he was seen and interacted with like a lot of people throughout the days. Like later that morning, his second day at the, the hotel, one of Roberta's friends actually comes by and she drops off a suitcase. So it's just getting all sorts of suspicious. I guess Roberta had like forgotten her suitcase. So the friend comes out, brings it, drops out the door. Robert answers and she's like, hey, I'm here to drop this off. Bring your mom. And Robert tells the friend like, oh, she's not here. She's not here right now. She's, she's visiting someone. She's like, hmm, that's interesting, but okay. And right before the friend's about to leave, <laughs> Robert is like, hey, can you actually throw away these like these garbage bags for me? Uh, they're kind of heavy, like I can't look. Can you throw them away from me on your way out? So he gives the garbage bags to the friend. And as you can imagine, I don't know, maybe there's something in the garbage bags. One thing the friend did mention though, was that, when she peeked into the, the room, kind of like behind Robert, she saw that Roberta's bag, her purse, her pocketbook was still in the bedroom. So she was getting all sorts of funky feelings like mm, something ain't right here. These trash bags are weird. So then he goes back to the pizza parlor from earlier. He tells the acquaintance, the pizza parlor owner or whatever, that his mom is feeling a lot better and she went out to visit a friend around like 6 p.m. Right now it may not sound that weird, but when you really think about it, could you imagine you're at work and someone comes up to you, a friend, and they just are like, hey, my mom's feeling better and she's gonna go visit a friend at 6 p.m. Wouldn't you be like, okay, and? you know, Like, why are you telling me this? It's a little weird. Robert. Anyway, so then he casually asked his friend, the pizza parlor guy, to help him throw away some, quote, cow guts. So I have a feeling it's not a cow, but he's cow guts. He has cow guts, I guess. I don't know. This world is just weird. Code makeup. Anyways, uh, the pizza parlor guy, yeah, he's like, something's not right. Like, I need to call the cops immediately. So as soon as Robert leaves, the parlor owner calls the police, which was 100% the right thing to do in the situation. I totally forgot. He's furloughed right now. He's a furloughed inmate and he's asking for someone to get rid of cow guts. Yeah, so you should probably call the police. Good idea. Police go out to the hotel that Robert and his mother are staying at, right? So police arrive at the motel room at around 10.30 p.m. Now Robert answers the door, okay, and says like, yeah, I'm here with my mom, but she's actually out visiting someone. And then they're like, well, when did she leave? Like asking further questions. And Robert tells the police that, you know, he's like, well, thank God you guys are here because I'm actually really nervous. Like she's been gone since 6 p.m. and she's not home. It was 10, 10.30, right? She's not home and she needs to take her medicine. So he's telling this to the police, like, I, I'm worried. Well, the, I guess the police, they just leave. I mean, there's nothing they could do except for file a missing persons report, I guess. They're like, all right, good luck with that. Like, we'll keep an eye out and they leave. And then Robert just continues his night. So 
once the police leave, Robert, he uh, stops by the front desk again and he asks them like, hey, can I throw away some stuff? He's just like sloppy and yeah, I don't know what this, yeah, whatever. He goes to the front desk. Can I throw some stuff away in your guys' in your guys' trash can? Mine's full. <laughs> yeah. So he's, he's like, I just have a ton of garbage, you know? So weird. And the only the reason I bring this stuff up is because it's just his behavior is is a little bizarre, right? Robert goes back to his motel room. He picks up the phone and he calls one of the lieutenants from the prison that he technically lives in, right? At the Florence prison. So he calls up the lieutenant and he's like, hey, how's it going? Great. I've got some great bones over here. Oh yeah. Just a big box of bones for the prison dogs to chew on. Do you want me to bring them? (laughs) I mean, it's not funny, but like, you know, like, what are you doing, Robert? Anyways, so I think most of us would have just not done that, but not Robert. He told the lieutenant on the phone, like, if you come pick them up, the dogs, you know, they can have a toy. They could chew away. So, okay. All right, Robert. Sure, you know. Say what you want about this man, but do not say that he isn't generous. Very giving man. Well, after the police had spoken with Robert, um, they thought he was a little bizarre, right? His behavior was weird. He just was gave them weird vibes. So police, once they left, they went back to the office or whatever the fuck, and they did some digging on Robert. And they confirmed that, like, he wasn't just a normal guy, like, staying at a hotel with his mom. Um, fun family vacation. No, this this guy, he's a furloughed prisoner, and he's incarcerated, technically, for a very violent crime. Like, we should probably keep our eyes on this guy. So the two officers informed their boss that Miss Mormon was actually missing, and they couldn't find her. So the boss goes with them back to the motel, and it, at this time, it's about 1 a.m. Now, when they get there, Robert lets the, the officers into his room, and he shows, like... This is my mother's medicine she left behind. She so desperately needs it. Like, he's still trying to act like he's very worried, but it's very clear that he's just being weird and awkward, you know? But he thinks he's being, he thinks he's believable, as they usually do, huh? So once the police officers and and the captain, everyone's inside, the captain notices he, well, he spots some small brownish red spots on the floor, also on the wall, also, the floor was wet. And not only that, like Robert starts telling the captain a different story, you know? <laughs> it's not funny. It's not. It's just I just can't believe this is real. It sounded it sounded fake. It's just so stupid. Because he tells the officers a completely different story. He said that his mother had asked him to purchase a knife as a gift for someone, but when she when he got back from the store, um his mother was gone. She left. It was all a lie. She didn't want a knife. She was just trying to get him out of the house or the motel. Okay, so the captain's like, hey, we actually heard from the, the your pizza friend that uh, you had cow guts. You want to tell us about that? Like, well, what's going on with these cow guts? I'm intrigued. Robert tells the police officer that his cousin gave him the cow guts as a gift. You know, that's okay. Yep, he got them as a gift because, every, you know, at every age, sometime in life, you just get cow guts. It's a normal gift. <laughs> so the captain is like, okay, where are they? And he's like, well, I flushed them down the toilet. So 
He's just, like, just arrest him. I know he technically legally you can't, but it's like, come on. What more do we need? This is all weird. So the police realize that they're really not getting anywhere. And then the captain tells his, uh, he turns to his, his other officers and he's like, look, keep an eye on this guy. Okay. So the captain takes off and Robert doesn't know that he's being watched, but he is. He's under surveillance. And the officers see Robert leave the room about 15 minutes after the captain had left. He leaves the room and he uses a payphone nearby. So this is where the information kind of gets a little murky, but apparently it's during this 15 minutes when the captain gets word that a prison employee had stopped to pick up a box of dog bones. Now this happened like an hour earlier. So, I mean, what the hell is going on at the Blue Mist Motel? I don't know, something weird. So police spot him, go to the payphone, they wait until he's done. And then, so the officers go up to him and they ask like, hey, Robert, do you wanna come like sit with us in our police car? And we could just kind of wait for your mom together so you don't have to be alone. And Robert tells the police officers like, sure, that's a great idea. So Robert follows the police officers, he gets into their car and they're just waiting for Robert's mom to show up. Now it's about 2.30 in the morning and still no sign of mom. She is just a magician, vanished again. Officers are able to fully examine Robert's motel room because he's in the police car. And this is where they find a box filled with bones. I guess it's obvious that they're human bones. It's not like chicken bones. So they open up this box filled with bones and some of them have the flesh still on the bone. And then others see that there's other bones that like, it's stripped off. So Robert's arrested, great, obviously. And police, again, now they're just full on like examining his motel room because what the fuck is going on? Bones in a box? Yeah, bones in a box. So police are now examining his full motel room and they find bloodstained bedding, blood all over the floors, blood all over the walls, as well as Roberta's bra, hanging in the closet with $500 in cash, safety pinned to it. I feel like there's a joke there, but I don't know what it is. Anyways, nearby there's dumpsters, you know, where they dump the motel trash. And that's where police would find Roberta. And not find her, like all of her. They found like parts of her. She was all over the place, literally. Yeah, it, that's what it said. She was all over the place. Oh dear. Oh God. So yeah, Robert was definitely arrested. The rest of the investigation focused on finding those remains and also they searched Robert's prison cell. When they searched Robert's prison cell, they found like really weird, creepy handwritten notes where it seemed like Robert was essentially trying to fake a will from Roberta, leaving Robert like all of the money. You get it. It's a fake will so Robert can get all the money and everything. In fact, Roberta, she did really leave a will. It was typed up, not written. And she really did leave everything to Robert in her actual will. Now, I don't know why he was faking a will. I think we're gonna find out. But she did say he wouldn't be able to handle it alone and that someone would need to help him manage his life, the money and all the responsibility that would come after she dies which makes sense because he's obviously not doing too great. So they think this is the motive. Was this murder for the money, for everything? That's what they're thinking. So trial, Robert killed his mom, okay? He then dismembered her and he tried to dispose her body and all of her, her remains. 
He like dropped it off all around town. That's what we know for sure. Those are the facts. At trial, Robert did admit that he killed his mom, but he claimed the that he was not guilty by reason of insanity. He said, quote, I accept responsibility for what happened that night. The only two people in that room were her and me. I know I'm guilty of the crime. I wish I could go back and undo it, but I can't. End quote. Yeah, they always say the same shit, right? It's like, okay, and what do you want us to do? Forgive you? That's between you and Jesus, okay? <laughs> Anyways, Robert's lawyer argued that he was so mentally impaired that he really didn't have the capacity to be guilty. Like, yes, he did it. He admits that he did it, but he really didn't know what he was doing. He had no idea he was carrying around a box of bones. Come on. Give him a break. Robert's lawyer brought in a bunch of witnesses and people who like knew Robert in real life. Many of them took the stand saying that they had known him all the way up to his adult life and that he didn't act like a grown up. He didn't act like a an adult. He acted like a very young child and that he always had acted like a young child. So then at, during trial, three psychologists were brought in and they all testified that Robert suffered from pedophilia and schizophrenia. Bad combo, I'm sure, and a bunch of other horrible mental illnesses. And that they believed he really didn't know what he was doing. All three of them took the stand saying that he probably had no idea that he was actually killing his mom or like what he was doing in general until after it was done. Three different psychologists. So then during trial, it comes out, Robert's defense. Robert was like, look, I didn't just kill for for shits and gigs, okay? Robert said his defense was that not only had he been traumatized from day one by his birth mother, but also he had been traumatized by his grandmother or grandparents, the foster care system, pretty much everyone around him. You know, the fact that he didn't have any type of support system. Pretty much he took the stand and said, my defense is that my life was really shitty and, uh, That's why I'm like this. But then during trial, some bombshell information is dropped. Girl, Robert claims that his his foster, his his mother, adopted mother, Roberta, had been sexually abusing him since childhood. Oh shit. Honestly, okay, look, I think it's true because Roberta was creepy. Roberta was creepy. I believe that. I don't know Roberta, never met her. She's RIP. But she just, their relationship, the way it was described, seemed very, mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm. That was his take, though, and that's what he said. And no one could find any proof of it, to be fair. So, I mean, it, it could be, it could not be. They were very close, and she's not here to defend herself, but that's what was brought into trial. He said, Robert said, that the abuse had started in childhood and had continued all the way up until he killed her, even up in the hotel room that they were staying at, like she was gonna, you know, try and engage in sex. Fucking, like, ew, why? I saw that coming, didn't I? So during the trial, Robert kept changing his statement. He said that at one point he killed his mother or stepmom. He killed her while they were having sex in a fit of rage. I could see that. That probably makes more sense. Like if they're, you know, and he snaps and he like kills her. But anyway, so he said that. And then another time he said that he was playing with her breasts. And then he said that 
he doesn't remember anything after that, that he he blacks everything blacks out. He wakes up. He remembers vaguely dismembering her, but he maintains that he killed her because he just couldn't take it anymore. He didn't want to fuck his mom. Don't blame him. So this became a very, mm, is it controversial or like a hot topic? Because a lot of people are on our team Robert. Because let's say she was abusing him. He, self-defense, he just wants her to stop. He's not well. He's not right in the head. Like, I can see that side. <laughs> um, I'm laughing because I'm uncomfortable and I don't know why. Because I, I don't know. It's just, why is it so uncomfortable? Oh, because he mur- he's a murderer. Yeah, I guess that makes sense, Bailey. After all this and just two hours of deliberations, the jury rejected his plea of not guilty by reasons of insanity and Robert was convicted to death. I guess you could say like this is where the luck ran out for Robert. I don't think he had any luck if we're being honest, but like it probably ran out on day one. But luck ran out even more with this little part because the law says anyone with an IQ under, if you get an IQ score of like 70, there's a law that protects you. You can't be put to death if you have a low IQ score. But they found that Robert's IQ was slightly above 70. Like he was 71, (laughs) you know, like it was just slightly, like he was off a little, he was just a little too smart. How to die. This guy just, I don't think he had any luck. This is a, wow, poor guy. I feel really bad for him. Obviously, I think we can all agree, shouldn't have done what he done, but, but I don't think he should have been put to death. I think his mom is probably abusing him and he probably tried to kill her in self-defense. And uh, that's where the law just gets it so wrong. So yeah, they convicted him and he was sent to death row. Now the judge said apparently that even though he did have, quote, a diminished intellect, that the crime was so horrible and so cruel that he really had no choice but to recommend death. Okay, I guess, I mean, okay. Where are they now? Little update. Robert was executed in 2012. It was 28 years after his sentencing. That made him one of Arizona's longest death row prisoners ever. Congratulations, I guess. I feel like we do a lot of these on this show. We should hand out awards, I guess. So Robert used his last words to apologize to his family and also to the family of the eight-year-old girl he kidnapped and allegedly molested, he said, allegedly. He said, quote, I hope this brings closure and they could start healing now. I just hope that they will forgive me in time, end quote. That's sad. But like, yeah, you could still be sad. You could still be sad for someone who does bad things. Come on. We're not children. Also, just an FYI in case you end up in prison in Florence, Arizona, because of Roberta's murder, they canceled their furlough program. Probably a good call, but Robert ruined it for everyone. So skip that prison. I'm <laughs> just kidding. No, I'm not. But why was that a thing? Anyways, um, thank you so much for hanging out with me. Do you think he deserved death? And do you think Roberta abused him? Now, let's just say Roberta did, in fact, abuse him. Let's just say she did, in fact. He shouldn't get death, right? Right? I don't know. (laughs) Not death. I mean, maybe life, because he did get that eight-year-old girl. Like, we can't excuse that. That, I don't even know what that was about, but that was something. So I feel like that's, he's got to play some time for that. And he did kill his mom. But I don't know. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. You make good choices. Please be safe out there. 
If you see someone walk around with a box of bones, mind your business, all right? All right, make good choices, and I'll be seeing you guys later. Goodbye.